0: Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of Science in Podcast, presented by Science in Pictures magazine. Uh, there are some things today that are the same, and some things today that are different. Here's one of the things that are the same. There's two of us here. My name is Madison. I'm one of your co-hosts.
1: And my name is Jared, and I am the other co-host.
0: Here's the different thing. We're in the same room today! hmm
1: Not two feet from each other, and both vaccinated. Hell yeah. So
0: vaxxed. uh, We can prove it by doing a high five right now. Ready? Mm -hmm. Just a little free ASMR for (laughs) (laughs) you.
1: It's very violent for ASMR, I think. Some free,
0: violent ASMR for you. We are in the same room. Um, So that's something that's different. Here's another thing that's the same. We have come here to take the headache out of peer-reviewed scientific literature for you. Every week we pick a brand new, hot off the presses, scientific article, peer-reviewed. You got it. Uh, and we break it down we break down the jargon um we go through we share a lot of tangents a lot of fun facts uh, and we generally just have a fun time talking about science
1: yes indeed now for the last what we are going to call a month we have been doing a lot of shark based articles but as uh that month is now over in both ways uh we think it's time to move on for another little bit of science and i have no idea what we're going to be talking about
0: yeah now that we it is july 20th we have decided that june is over (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was a little hard to let go of, of Shark Month. It was hard to let go of Pride Month. We love both of those things so much. But today, um, we're going back into our usual chaos of you never know what topic is going to come up the next week. So this week, Jared, I will now reveal, drum roll, please, But a little, 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 little. Um, we're talking about slime mold. Ah, yeah. I
1: read about slime mold about three weeks ago.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. A long time ago, but I did read about the
0: recent thing. All right. They're really cool. There's going to be some hot banter coming at you guys. Uh-huh.
1: They're not fungus. They're something we have no Hey! Sorry. Spoil it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. All right, fine. Shall we do the fun fact corner?
0: Yes. So before we launch into my article about slime mold, um, we're going to do the fun fact corner. Then we're going to do the Jargon Corner, and then we're going to do the article. So first of all, fun facts, Jared, what do you got for us?
1: Um, So my fun fact is based on the coolest sighting uh, that happened to me today, which is uh, the existence of spinning spiders, which if you live in Massachusetts, New England, or the United States, you probably have a spinning spider native to your area. Uh, They're super exciting because they're not actually a venomous spider. They're a toxonginous spider. Have you heard that term, Madison?
0: Toxonginous. Does that mean they spit their poison?
1: Yes, so uh, there was a t- paper in 2014 or 2016 that actually was basically the first one to split it into three separate categories. Wow. But you have poison, which is toxin plus ingestion or mucous membranes. Yep. You have venom, which is traumatic injury uh, plus toxin. It's got to get into your blood or muscle or somewhere along that route. Inject. Yes, and then you have toxunginous, which is a distance-based type of thing.
0: Just fucking spitting fire at you.
1: Uh-huh, so uh, cane toads... Kind of toxogenous in some situations. You have to really squeeze them hard to get it to, like, squirt, and that's not really kind to the toads. I don't Mm. do that. Um, But, you know, spitting cobras, also toxogenous. That's Uh, the
0: one that I was going to say next, mm -hmm. spitting cobra.
1: What's your fun fact, Madison? Uh,
0: So my fun fact is also about an animal this week. Oh, nice. It is about the Galapagos hawk.
1: Uh, I've not heard of a Galapagos hawk.
0: It's endemic to the Galapagos Islands. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's the only hawk that's there. And what I learned is that the Galapagos hawk has a really interesting, like, mating ritual. So the female will have a harem of up to four males. And after she mates with all of them and lays her eggs, all four will help her raise them. She doesn't have to do much. Love that. I love it so much. Um, what, What do they call it? Polyandry something.
1: It's definitely polyandry. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's fantastic. It also kind of goes to show what kind of wacky shit happens on islands when predator um, abundance is not high, like birds of yeah. paradise. This just it it follows the same thing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me. Have you heard of those mannequins? They're tropical little little, little tiny birds where they'll actually have four birds doing a mating display all together, but it's only for one bird to actually get the mating. Oh
0: my God, wingmen, literally.
1: Yes. So they practice. They practice without females present, <gasps> oh, and it's the oh, cutest oh, thing.
0: That's like a boy band. Uh huh. Oh my god, it's One Direction, but birds.
1: Yep. <laughs> also, there's a mannequin that's evolved uh, to be a shittier flyer, but also makes sound with its wings, which is just fantastic.
0: Oh, cool. Yep. He was like, I may not be fast, but I got beats.
1: Yeah. Short, sure, sure, yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I imagine. It kind of sounds
1: like, but you know.
0: Oh. Okay, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maybe not a beat, but more like a shriek. I've got
0: shrieks. Oh, that's High cool. I pitched.
1: My voice has too much bass to make. Repli- Replicated is the word. Boots. Yeah. I can't even pretend to drop the bass.
0: (laughs) Bass! All right. Did we
1: even do your fun fact?
0: Yeah, I did. It was about the Hawks.
1: Oh, yes, okay. We just did
0: it. Was it not fun enough for you, No, there's just been so
1: many tangents, and it's already been five minutes that I just can't... Seven minutes, and I can't keep track. But let's keep going.
0: Well, this has been seven minutes of fun facts for you, my friends. And Uh in case you couldn't tell, our fun facts never relate to the main topic of our article. Almost
1: never. Almost never,
0: (laughs) yes. Okay, so before we get into our jargon corner, let me introduce... Actually, if you've made it this far, oh my god, thank you! (laughs) Thank you for listening. We are a new podcast, we just started a few months ago, and so every listen really counts, every download counts. Um, it really helps when you tell your friends about us if you like us, or like if you don't like this podcast, tell someone you don't like. It can go either way. Yeah, Um, the enemy of your
1: enemy is our listener,
0: exactly. So please spread the word. And if there's any topic or article you want us to cover, please let us know. We are on Instagram, science underscore in underscore podcast. We have an email, science and podcast. No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's podcast at scienceandpictures.com. Oh, I
1: was confident. Yeah, this is that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have we ever done an episode where we don't mess up our email?
1: <laughs> no, but we got it right in the end, so let's just keep going.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, So yeah, you can message us there, follow us, Um, we always post related information from our episodes on the Insta if you want to see like pictures of this slime mold, for example, that'll be there. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and thanks for being a friend. All Mm -hmm. right, so, the title of the article this week, Mechanosensation sensation mediates long-range spatial decision-making in a-neural organisms.
1: (laughs) This is gonna be awesome. Yeah! (laughs) Okay. Those are some exciting words.
0: Yeah, it's a long-ass title, um, but it's it's a good one uh-huh. uh, once you dig on in.
1: Since you said slime mold and all of those things together, that's, yeah. Let's yeah,
0: go. maybe I shouldn't have spoiled that it's slime mold, but yeah, it's slime mold. Well, I mean, I know all
1: those big words just because I'm the little recluse that likes to learn all those words, but our listeners mm-hmm. might not know.
0: Exactly, which is why we have
1: the, the Jargon, jargon corner. corner,
0: which we're about to uh, step into. So, first thing in our Jargon Corner today, uh, what's a kingdom
1: Biologically speaking. Ooh, a kingdom is, it's kind of funny because in the acronym, it's usually like King Philip. So uh, a a kingdom is one of the broadest, it's the second broadest generalization. You have the three domains, which are uh, archaea, eukarya, and I think bacteria, right? I don't know. Something like that. And then you have kingdoms, which is, uh, of course, the animals, the plantae, the fungi, and other things. But yeah, kingdom is just a very broad classification for organisms.
0: Very good. How many of them are there?
1: Um, isn't that something that changes, like, every five minutes?
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, <laughs> generally accepted. And I want to like, say five, Yes, right? five. Okay. Five is what's generally accepted. So you you already got three of them. Animal, plant, and fungus.
1: Mm, protista, which is really just a clusterfuck of we don't know what it is, right? Good. So that is one. Um, I guess the other one that uh, slime mold is in, right? What's no,
0: Monera. Oh, what's what's Monera? It includes eubacteria and archaeobacteria. Um, Eubacteria and archaeobacteria? Yeah. So, like, to start from... Let's start from what we know. Okay,
1: because I don't know those. To
0: define these kingdoms. Let's start with animals. What is an animal?
1: Uh, An animal... So this is another one that I'm going to nitpick because there are two definitions based on who you are and what you care about, but an animal is something with either one or multiple cells that is heterotrophic, it needs to get its food from somewhere else, and its cells have membranes and not walls.
0: Nice. All right. So yeah, the definition that I found is animals are multicellular. So I guess some of them might be single cellular.
1: Yeah. So remember the apicomplexans we talked about with with the malaria episode? Oh, yeah. There are some people who consider those invertebrate animals. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So with any classifications, folks, there's always going to be outliers because classification systems are made by humans and the world was not. Uh-huh. So let's just keep that in mind as we move forward. Yes, indeed. These are not hard and fast rules. These are guidelines. Mm-hmm. Like pirate code. Or speed limits. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, Not that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so animals are, generally, multicellular. They move with the aid of either cilia, flagella, or muscular organs. Um, They have organelles or organs. Um, Their cells include a nucleus. They do not have chloroplasts or cell walls. And they acquire their nutrients by ingestion, by eating things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's an animal moving forward
1: plants so the plants are the ones that are generally autotrophic or make their own food of course there are plants that have become parasites and so we don't follow that anymore but they're still plants because evolutionarily they're plants hey
0: Venus flytrap Love
1: uh-huh you. hey tropa did, did I show you the picture of the ghost pipes I saw a few weeks yes, ago yes
0: the ghost pipes were freaking red. oh they're
1: gorgeous um a lot of field guides I've read say that they're rare but all you need to do is go into a forest where the soil is damp and you will see them so mm. I don't think so yeah um I'm supposed to be describing plants. Um, they usually have uh, membrane- ba- No, not cell wall-bound organelles. Uh, usually have chloroplasts and usually take advantage of photosynthesis to get their food.
0: Yes, very good. Multicellular. Uh, generally don't move, although they do grow. Um, gametes often move using cilia or flagella. Organelles including a nucleus and chloroplasts are generally present. Cell walls are also generally present and nutrients are acquired usually by photosynthesis. Yeah, I guess plants uh like trees and stuff all right moving forward let's get a little funky
1: see i like the way you structured these because we're getting less and less rigid with with what we actually know about them and what they even are exactly Um, so
0: now now we start to get squishy with our friends the fungi or fungi depending on i don't know how you like to say words and stuff
1: i prefer fungi because fungi is too silly um they were once considered plants if i'm not mistaken Maybe. What? I think they were. Um, fungi are heterotrophic. They do not make their own food, I think. Are there autotrophic fungi? Uh,
0: um, yeah.
1: Shoot. Okay. Oh, wait.
0: Nope. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Great. Um, so fungi are either single or multicellular, I think. Multicellular. Multicellular. That's what this says. Interesting. Um, But, you know. So this is getting really messy. Just tell me what fungi
0: are. All right, cool. So (laughs) this is the part where we get like, oh, I don't know anymore. Um, (laughs) So fungi, uh, the largest of which that you might recognize are mushrooms. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Which, by the way, are fruit.
0: Fruit of a fungus, Mm -hmm. yes. So fungi are... You looked at me
1: weird when I said that.
0: Well, I was thinking about plants and stuff and, like, tomatoes. I don't know. Yeah, 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 hit me. You
1: picked the one fruit that looks the most like a fungus. Did I? Tomatoes look like mushrooms. You think? I think so. Hmm.
0: Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) fungi are Mm multicellular. They have a cell wall. They do. They have yeah. Oh, I guess that's why they used to be considered plants. Yeah. What's that noise that keeps happening? It's
1: Microsoft Office, which is telling me to buy it, but I'm not doing.
0: Suck it, Bill Gates. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, (laughs) I'm mad at him this week.
1: What's the word? Zuckerberg, uh, Gates, and Buffett amateurs can fucking suck it. That's the one. Bo Burnham.
0: Bo Burnham. Thought you were about to tell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, okay. I was not
0: Alright <clears throat> Multicellular With a cell wall Organelles including a nucleus No chloroplasts That's what this says
1: She waggled she her finger at me
0: No chloroplasts <laughs> None of them um, They have no mechanisms for locomotion They range inside from microscopic to very large Wait, fungi move? Listen
1: What do you mean? They travel through the soil Slowly, but they travel Well, they crow Yeah, but that's moving so they're moving in space so locomotion
0: it's it's not the same so like when we talk about motion in the way like locomotion in the way that animals do they can pick up and move whereas fungi and uh. plants they can't pick up and move they can grow in a direction
1: okay i suppose so
0: yeah they can spread yeah but they can't pick up and move
1: it's cool though because they spread in one area and then they retract in the other direction so it's like they move like a little fucked up snail
0: it's a meeble, yeah
1: yeah hmm I'm sorry for calling the plucked up scales.
0: Um, love it. <laughs> uh <laughs> nutrients are acquired by absorption for the most part. Um, and often from decaying material. Yeah. So that's the fungi. Mm-hmm. Fungi. Whichever. <laughs> Alright, moving forward, the protists. Protista. Oh,
1: so this is extremely mutable because no one knows what the hell they are. Um uh, people have been trying to lump them together by DNA recently, but like Who's to say how much DNA actually separates an organism? And Mm -hmm. is there really a useful conservation aspect for separating them by DNA? No. No. We don't... There's no way to... There might be a way to tell if a microbe is in danger, but it would be really goddamn tough.
0: And why do you care that much about your labels? It's just people wanting to put their name on a thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, uh, Batesian mimicry, I don't like because uh, it was named after a guy named Bates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baptesian mimicry is what I learned it as because I thought it sounded way cooler. It does I... sound cooler. Mm-hmm. We've gotten that track again. What we are we doing?
0: Protists. Oh, God. So, um. yeah, it's really hard to define them. So, the simplest definition that I could find is they're single-celled. Organisms that do not fall into the category of animals, plants, or fungi.
1: Mm-hmm. And just to throw another wrench in it, uh, remember uh, that there are some people that, that consider certain protists invertebrate animals. So it's yeah.
0: Helpful. So like, it's kind of a catch-all for. It's small, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're single-celled. They usually move using cilia, flagella, or a lot of them are amoeboid. Mm-hmm does the word amoeboid mean?
1: It's the same way that the fungus kind of moves. They extend a portion of their body, and then they pull their other body part forward.
0: Exactly. They yeah. move through shape-changing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, on actual amoebas, they're called pseudopodia. I imagine they're not called that on non-animals. Not whatever. as far as I know. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of amoebas would be protists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. There's usually no cell wall, but some have
1: similar cell walls. <laughs> Is that because um, algae
0: are sometimes called protists? Well, yeah. Some algae are protists.
1: But that's the thing though, what the hell is a protist?
0: It's, uh, so like some algae are not plants, and so they're protists. This is dumb. And so some are not even protists, so they're monera, but we'll get into that in a sec.
1: This is still dumb.
0: I, listen, listen, Shh. some will be green, others <laughs> <hope> won't be. <laughs> okay. Some are small, though some are big enough to be recognized. <laughs> I don't,
1: I, you've somehow making managed to make me hate taxonomy for a second. <laughs> yeah i usually love oh, this stuff my
0: plan is working oh god um nutrients are acquired through either photosynthesis ingestion or both S-
1: i.e who the hell knows
0: yeah protists are like protists are the queers of the kingdoms and i love them i like that yeah happy pride <laughs> it's i'm not letting go of june
1: <laughs> i'm letting go of the heat but let's keep going yes let's keep going
0: all right moving forward Monera. We don't really need to go into what Monera are. They're yeah, not Yeah, we've involved. already established
1: that I have no idea what they are.
0: They're not involved. If it's, listen, if it's not an animal plant, fun guy, or protist, it's a Monera, and you don't need to know.
1: Oh, so the Joker from the deck of Hearts. Yes, that's yeah.
0: correct. All right, moving forward, we have a word that's in the title of the article. mechanosensation.
1: sensation. is the ability to feel uh, things touching you.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's a sense. Um, sometimes it's described as body sense. Uh, it's different from touch. Um, so it is the ability to- It's less advanced than touch, right? It's less advanced than touch. Yeah. It's the ability to sense some aspect of your surroundings using your body, but not using any sort of chemical reception, not using light. Um, yeah.
1: Right. So something like a jelly has separate things for light sensing and feeling. So they have mechanoreceptors.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. So the definition that I found, um doesn't help us describe it very much, but I will read it anyway. <laughs> okay. Because um, it's an, it's pretty broad what mechanosensation is. The conversion of mechanical forces into cellular electrochemical signal.
1: So couldn't set auditory be included in that?
0: Well, is sound a mechanical force?
1: Yeah, the sound is vibrations in the air that are picked up by your ear.
0: Okay. I mean, I know that's what sound is. I don't know if it's classified as a mechanical force. I wonder. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know.
1: Oh, I guess acoustic would be the word for it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's keep going. Yeah,
0: me either, so. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they convert mechanical forces, whatever falls into that category, uh, into cellular electrochemical signals, which is what enables living organisms to detect touch, vibrations, sound. Oh, it's in there. Oh, there you go. Accelerations, gravity, body movements. And changes in cellular volume and shape. So our ability to know, like, where our body is in space is also mechanosensation. sensation
1: Right, specifically, proprioception, I think the word is.
0: Yeah. 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 Sensing um, where and what you are. Exactly. You
1: can lose that, by the way. It's horrifying. I know. Uh-huh. Vertigo, man. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Lucille Astero has that. Who? <laughs> Arrested okay. Development.
1: Oh, I've only watched the first two. Lucille, thing. too. Mm, I haven't watched enough to remember the names. I just like the show.
0: It's always Money in the
1: Bananas, <laughs> I know that quote, too. Yep. All right. Um,
0: cool. So that is our jargon corner. I do want to talk about slime mold in general a little bit before we jump into the article.
1: Mm-hmm. I assume folks might have heard about it uh, with the story where they basically put a slime mold on a map of... Uh, Japan! The, yep.
0: Yes! Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I was going to say, you might have heard of slime mold from this really popular study that was published in Wired. Read your mind love Wired
1: by mm-hmm. the way Rise they're here. great
0: yeah so slime mold they put them on a map um, that they made of oat flakes <laughs> <laughs> oh that like it was it was basically the same as like Japan or Tokyo and the surrounding cities surrounding towns mm-hmm. and um, the slime mold just by you know doing its thing finding the path of least resistance and whatnot um, just, without them telling it to, recreated almost an exact replica of the um, the underground train system that they have there connecting all of those surrounding towns to Tokyo.
1: Yeah, it's insane. I like to imagine if we ever do find uh, Life on Another Planet within my lifetime, it's going to look something like a slime mold. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're so cool. Or if you've ever read anything by um, uh, Jeff Vandermeer? Heard the name before. Okay, he wrote uh, the Area X series? No. Okay. <laughs> well, he does a lot of stuff with, like, like astrobiology and like science fiction and no i'm not gonna get into it it's a really good book though it's really good yes tangents okay so slime molds are rad they -hmm. are not plants they are not animals they are not fungus they are not monera so what are they protista protista very good um, so, as described earlier, that doesn't tell us much. No, it does not. No, it does not. <laughs> it tells us what they're not. Um, maybe by the end of this episode you'll understand what a slime mold is, and if you do, let me know. <laughs> 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 so, the type of slime mold discussed in our article today is called Physarum polycephalum.
1: Fis- polycephalum is many heads. What's the first name, man?
0: <laughs> Physarum. Yeah. I didn't look it up.
1: It sounds cool, at least.
0: Yeah. Physarum polycephalum. Like it. Yeah. So that's our slime mold friend today. Um, It is a type of myxomycete slime mold.
1: Mm. So I assume in some way fungus-like?
0: I mean, they originally classified it as a fungus. Makes sense. It looks a lot like a fungus.
1: Oh, so they just haven't like carried the names over? What? Because like mycete is indicative of fungi.
0: Oh, well then yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why it's called a slime mold. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. People thought they were a fun guy until they revealed that, no,
1: they were not a not. fun guy.
0: So we still haven't just, like, figured out what they are. You was my A fun guy. I get it, okay? Yeah, but you didn't acknowledge it. I didn't.
1: It was funny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, although you probably still don't have a picture in your head of what I'm talking about, there are about a thousand known species of these myxomycetes, or slime molds, Um, all around the world, they're found in every terrestrial ecosystem. Oh. So, everywhere on land. Cosmopolitan. Yes, everywhere. like it. Um, mostly, they're in tropical and temperate forests. That's where they have the highest volume. And usually in damp and shady areas, which is probably the reason they were originally classified as fungi. That also makes
1: sense, because they strike me as something, like, anything that gooey would probably desiccate pretty quickly. Right?
0: I mean, I don't know how quickly they desiccate.
1: Desiccate means dry. Dye dry up. Yeah, by yeah way. I know. No, it's
0: oh, oh, right, right. right. Medicine. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. You might not know have what listeners. desiccate means. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. And you can't see me either. Ooh, it's a podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they were originally classified as mushrooms. They kind of seem like mushrooms. Um, they may or may not dry out quickly. <laughs> um, so they're, they're protists. <laughs> they're not mushrooms, they're a whole ass other thing. They are protists. Um, so I can tell you some more details, because, again, produce doesn't tell us much. They are acellular. What's that mean?
1: A? They don't have cells?
0: They are not made up of cells. They are not divided into cells.
1: So they're... It's all... uh, Yep. Did the word synchitious come up? Because that's what it sounds like.
0: Uh, it may have, but I'm... It's not... You will not see it here. Okay,
1: because synchitious is basically a group of cells that have melted all their membranes together.
0: No, it's not that. Okay. No, it's not that. So they don't have nucleuses, then? Nuclei. They have multiple nuclei. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. See, this is why they're so hard to classify. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they are. It's just like a whole-ass, like, what-the-fuck situation. Um, There's going to be a lot of beeps in this episode. Yeah,
1: I would assume there's a lot of horizontal gene transfer that's going on throughout their history, too. Probably. Which would even muck it up, even a little bit more. Mucky, mucky. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, so they're acellular, no cells. Um, they're also neural. They're not brains. No brains, no nervous tissue, which does not mean that they don't get anxious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> nervous tissue is anything related to our nervous system, so our spinal cord, our brain, our nerves, how we feel pain and other things. They don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, they are neural. All right, they're also... Plasmodial.
1: Plasmodial?
0: Plasmodial.
1: Does that have something to do with them being gooey? Yeah,
0: kind of. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's sort of what blew your mind earlier. They are enclosed in a single mem- membrane without walls.
1: Oh, so kind of like a extracellular matrix?
0: It's one large cell with multiple nuclei.
1: Cool. Kind of like that big old algae ball that's like one big cell, yes. but it's like massive? Okay. Yes. Gotcha.
0: Exactly. Yes. That's also a plasmodial organism. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: not well, facetious, by the way. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. 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 I should stop I swearing. I think so too. Anyway.
0: I think this is a sweary. It's hot. It's. Listen.
1: Maybe we should just mark this episode as explicit.
0: Maybe. I'll leave that up to you when you edit it.
1: We'll see how much we swear going if forward. If you guys get
0: mad about all of the swearing, don't blame me for doing it. Blame Jared for not beeping it, okay? It's his fault now.
1: Yeah, I'll take blame. There we go. If that had to. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. There was a word that I was trying to say. Then. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, so moving forward to, to again, get closer to describing what these slime molds or myxomycetes are. Alright, so the other thing about them, in addition to them not having cell walls or nervous tissue and then being a large cell with multiple nuclei, um, is that they change a lot throughout their life cycle. Um, So they're microscopic at some stages, they're very visible at others. Um, at their most visible stages, uh, this one, the uh, Fisserum polycephalum, to me looks like like maybe like a bright yellow spider web, but it was created by like a drunk spider who was also a toddler. <laughs> Can I see? Um, one moment. I will let you describe it in a moment, but I just want to give you my three descriptions. Okay, please. Because it, at, at its visible stages, it also changes appearance a lot. Okay. So it might look like a drunk spider spiderweb. Uh, it might look like radioactive cauliflower. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, and it might also look like claymation lightning.
1: Claymation lightning. This
0: is my reading of what it looks like. Now I'm going to show you some pictures.
1: Interesting. Okay. And these will
0: be on the Instagram, my friends.
1: Okay, so the first one looks like a neon upside-down jellyfish, but you're looking at its mouth slash ass.
0: Or like Art Deco fried egg. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like that. <laughs>
1: I will go with uh, upside-down jellyfish, or like, like that. Or like
0: those Robert Frost pictures of snowflakes. Not Robert Frost. Oh, now I'm egg.
1: seeing a really sick sunflower.
0: Yeah. Okay, I hope you're getting a picture in your mind's eye, listeners.
1: Radioactive lettuce.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I can't see anything See, else. this is what I
0: thought looked like lightning made, like, using clay, like Oh, claymation. I can see that. Yeah.
1: I just can't not see lettuce. Um, Radioactive cauliflower. Sponge out of water.
0: Also sponge out of water. Or, like, mac and cheese through a blender,
1: maybe. <laughs> mac and cheese left outside for a Oh, minute. no,
0: this is the lightning, claymation. Oh, lighting.
1: now that looks like Whip coral to me.
0: Silly string mistake.
1: Silly string mistake also works. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my um,
0: As you may be able to tell listeners, these slime molds contain multitudes. Yes. <laughs> but what I can tell you that I think you will be able to picture reliably is that they're bright yellow. <laughs> can I also just say slime mold looks like a lot of my outfits? Like, look at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It actually looks like that. that the cauliflower uh-huh. one is exactly like what your sweatshirt is doing right now.
0: Yeah, most of the things that I wear look a lot like slime mold. Like, even this looks yeah, a does. little like slime mold. Yeah. This is like or, more orange variation.
1: This is like a purple slime mold. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're all slime mold, Everything really. is slime mold. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're protests. They're pretty crazy. Um, and that's the best I can do, really, um, to describe what they are. Uh, next, I can tell you what they do. Cool. Yeah. So that might help. Um, so... They are non-pathogenic bacteriovores. Jared? Uh,
1: they don't cause disease in humans and they eat bacteria.
0: That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't cause disease in humans or pets, by the way. Cool. Um, there's even one called uh, dog vomit. <laughs> 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 because it looks like dog vomit, but it won't make your dog vomit.
1: Yeah, that was actually posted on one of my insect ID groups. Yeah, Not also, two days ago.
0: there's lots of places in the world where they're eaten. Um, you can fry them up like scrambled eggs. Love that. Yeah. yeah. They're not super, like, nutritionally, like, beneficial to, to humans. It's just, like, not much. Hmm. Go, it's like kind of, kind of like cauliflower.
1: Yeah, it's like, is cauliflower not nutritious?
0: Not really, no. Oh. I don't know why people are so obsessed with it. Well, then I, I don't that. feel
1: bad about not liking it.
0: Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I Fu- hate cauliflower.
1: Fuck cauliflower should be the title of this episode. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the F star, star king.
0: Also, I'm really happy to hear that you also hate cauliflower. Dude, fuck cauliflower. There's a lot of cauliflower apologists out there.
1: No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Never be a cauliflower. I was going to do a dumb little portmanteau there. Let's just keep going. No
0: caulifans. No okay. fans. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, back to slime mold, our radioactive cauliflower friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they're not toxic to us. They do eat bacteria, um, and they also help decompose plant remains. Interesting. Helpful. Um, their ingestion of food is one reason that they're not considered to be fungi, fungi.
1: Because how is it different than how fungi eat?
0: So fungi absorb it, like they release chemicals and then reabsorb the breakdown of what they're eating through their cell walls.
1: Oh, whereas so kind of like a sea star, but yeah. not, also kind of not like a sea star.
0: Yeah, both of those. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> um, adjacent. <laughs> both of those. At the theme of this episode. Um, <laughs> both are neither. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so, what was I just saying? Oh, yeah, so, um, that's, that's how fungi, fungi, I can't. Stop
1: saying fungi. I can't
0: (laughs) stop. You stop saying ancient. I mean, shit, that's how I say it. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop. Everyone stop.
1: I (laughs) won that exchange. You did.
0: You absolutely did. (laughs) All right, so, yeah, fungi produce enzymes that break down organic matter into chemicals that then they absorb through their cell walls.
1: Ooh, uh, let me say something real quick that I read in that fungi book. There Mm -hmm. are groups of often just hobbyists, that will put fungi in a container and see what kind of shit they can break down. There's one kind of fungi that can actually break down cigarettes, which are usually toxic (gasps) to anything living.
0: Oh, that's so useful. Uh Uh-huh. Those are just tiny... Plastic cancer tampons.
1: Yeah. Basically what it was described as is they have a big old set of keys and they just keep throwing enzymes at it and see what works. And one of them can digest cigarette butts.
0: That is super cool. By the way, calling cigarette butts um, tiny plastic cancer tampons. That is not mine. That is Ali Ward. Shout out to Ali Ward at Ologies podcast. Love it. It's good shit. All mm-hmm. right. So, um, yeah. So, in contrast to this, slime molds, um, they do not expel chemicals and then absorb through their... Cell wall. They will grow their body over the thing that they want to eat, and then they will internally digest it, hmm. so they can like pass the whole last thing. Okay, through. so that's a lot more like sea star. Yeah, they don't have a cell wall, so they can just like absorb.
1: Yeah, it's like the vlog- like the Kool Aid Man or the blob from those Goosebumps. Stories. That's
0: the one I'm thinking of. The Kool Aid Man doesn't absorb. <laughs> why would people. you say Kool Aid? Yeah, maybe that was a nightmare I
1: had. <laughs> I think why would you say Kool Aid? That's the title. <laughs>
0: will the title be? You'll know before us, right? <laughs> um, Yeah, like the Jello Man, or like um. What's
1: the Jello Man? I don't know. <laughs> We're not just gonna go past that. Oh, no.
0: What's the thing that you said? The Blob Man. The yeah, blob. the Blob.
1: It's not a man. It's a blob. And what? Goosebumps. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But is...
0: What am I thinking of? There's a thing. I
1: that don't is know.
0: <laughs> There's. It's like it is sentient, and this is not a real thing. This is in a cartoon, but it's big and blobular, and then it. It grows over something, and then the thing is inside of it. That's the blob. Okay. We've
1: been saying the same thing for the So anyway, no. that's
0: that's the situation, friends. I hope you understand at this point. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's why they're not considered to be uh, fungi, essentially. And is f- that what the moral of that was? Yeah. Um, and then the other reason is that, um, so these slime molds have cellulose
1: <sighs> okay, sorry. going on. Cellulose.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas fungi, um, they use uh, chitin. Really? Definitely. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that surprising? Same yeah, that was surprising.
1: Crab. That's really cool. Yeah. So they're made out of a big old sugar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Aw, so sweet. hmm <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Yeah. So. Oh, uh, I was at the uh, Aquarium Madison worked at one time, and some science nerd tr- uh, tried to point out to me that you can't call it a sugar because it's a complex polysaccharide. That's a complex sugar, guy. Not everyone wants to learn the word polysaccharide.
0: Uh, I hate that. Yeah. That's it's a sugar. We, that's Just call you it a damn mean, sugar. That's what we're here to to end Mm-hmm. We're here to end that, man. How
1: is a polysaccharide also not a sugar if it's made of multiple sugars?
0: Like, whatever, uh-huh. man. It's many it's sugars, therefore it is sugar.
1: Yep. If you're listening, sir, um, one, sorry, that was a little aggressive, and two, uh, get your shit together.
0: I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but back to our main topic. Once again, our friend, the slime mold, the yellow vomit, Physarum <laughs> Polycephalum. Their life cycle is interesting. Ah. Huh. So, let me describe it to you. Um, it's bananas. So they start as these little microscopic, as in smaller than you can see with the naked eye, haploid spores. Remember what haploid means?
1: Haploid is not diploid, but I don't remember what either of those mean.
0: Yeah, so it has to do with DNA and chromosomes. So, uh, yes. yeah, haploid- Haploid
1: is they have one copy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it contains half. Yeah. Yeah, so just one half, whereas diploid is like both. All right, so haploid spores, so they contain half of the DNA of their parent cell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and spores, they go out and do their thing. Yeah. Their spores. Um, yeah, so containing only one set of unpaired chromosomes, if you want to get technical.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So from that point, um, those haploid spores develop into either amoeboid or flagellated forms.
1: <laughs> what causes them to do either?
0: So it's sort of like they have biological sex. Um,
1: so their sexes are amoeba and blob.
0: Amoeba and... Well, the flagellated form looks kind of like a sperm with two tails. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then they combine with each other, the different ones. Kind I, of like a sperm and an egg. Yeah.
1: I will say, keep in mind, listeners, that there is a species of fungus that has, like, upwards of 20,000 different mating uh, types. So, yeah. um, sex is... Um, let's just go on.
0: Yeah, it's complicated, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anyway. They develop... Either they get they grow some little tails, um, or they change shape and move spontaneously. Um, anyway, then they combine, and and that fertilizes them to form a diploid. Oh, I like it. Yes. Which contains two complete sets of chromosomes. Now we're ready to become a thing. So, they're not like an egg, though, at that stage. It's not a lot like what's going on, like, inside, in utero, if you will. Um, it's pretty different. It's not a
1: funny word. I didn't laugh at that.
0: Uh, because it does not, like, turn into, like, start dividing, like, our animal cells. Mm -hmm. Um, it becomes this multi-nucleate mass called a plasmodium. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which is not to be confused with the plasmodiums we've discussed previously on this podcast.
1: No, certainly not. No. Oh, I found there's going to be so many tangents in the, in this episode. Did you know that there we're is not a... even out of the
0: jargon? Corner no, yet. we're not.
1: <laughs> um, so there's actually a subfamily of crane fly that's called Tinaforinae. Oh, okay. Tinafora, is the phylum of cone jellies.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So Tinafora, the phylum, and Tinaforina, the subfamily, are completely different animals. Yeah. So that's the kind of jargon we're running into here.
0: Oh, goodness. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness me. Uh, anyway. Yep. They are <laughs> plasmodium as in, they are a multinucleate mass with only one kind of cell wall. Mm-hmm. A big old blob guy. A big old blob guy. And it can eat, that's it can cycle, move, know. it can grow. It can do all of those things.
1: Big old blob guy. It's the cycle.
0: Yes. Big old blob <laughs> guy. That's good. All right. But it's technically still one cell. Um, and its it's like a big old blob or like in some formations a big old net of being alive. <laughs>
1: Big old... Okay, I've said that this is the... That's the title.
0: A Big Old Blob of Being Alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I want to be, honestly.
1: A Big Old... <laughs> 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 we need to power to the darkened corner.
0: Yeah, so when the environment is supportive to this big old blob slash net of being alive, um, then it will decide... Well, decide is a loaded word, but then it will... It will decide in quotations. It will make more slime molds in yeah. the form of growing a big old stock with a big bulb on the top of it, which kind of looks like... Um what's that the space needle?
1: It's called the Space Needle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it kinda looks like that. Oh, I thought you were a stock with a bowl on the top. I thought you were asking me what it's called, but that's Mm -hmm. what it's called. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's like another one, like the London Eye also. I don't have no idea what that is. It's uh it's like the Space Needle, but in London. Oh. Okay. People think they're creative. I don't know. Um, Slime molded it first. Uh huh. Anyway, so that's their like reproductive situation. Um it kind of looks like a lobster eyeball or like an insect eyeball too. Oh
1: okay interesting
0: and that's called a sporangium so that's where the spores come from and um then that sporangium forms a bunch of haploid spores that it then releases um through meiosis and uh there you go life cycle
1: so basically it turns into a big old little balloon and then it spits out a bunch of little haploids and then those haploids meet the other haploids and then this can happen anywhere
0: yeah, the haploids meet the other haploids, and then they grow into a giant blob that then turns into a net of tubes that like decide where they're going and feed, and then turn into stalks, and then they hope they do it again.
1: Yeah, sounds just like a non-animal plant or fungi.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like something that we absolutely cannot put in a box. Nope. <laughs> no boxes for this guy. Um, just for your eyes, Jared, and this will be on the Instagram as well. There's a picture
1: of of the lifestyle. Oh, and you got the weird-looking cauliflower again. Yeah. Oh, I see all of them. Yeah, see. Like
0: that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Y'all will see if you follow us on Insta. Mm-hmm. All right, so, at this point, Jared, do you understand what it is?
1: Sure. Me either. <laughs> yeah.
0: But apparently, this one, our friend, um, our dear, dear friend, Fiserum Polycephalum, can make decisions. Ah.
1: Such yeah. as what to eat for breakfast in the morning.
0: Kind of, yeah. Okay. So that's what our article is really going to be about. So
1: that was a joke. I know. But that is a real thing that they can do. Yeah. Please keep talking.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so slime molds have been studied for a while because they do a lot of cool things. Um, In this one, um, we're looking at how it makes decisions um, at a long range, far away from its body, about where to go without any sort of senses that we can discern.
1: How long range are we talking?
0: Well, like, (laughs) 3.5 <laughs> 3.5 centimeters. Oh,
1: well that's long for a single that's cell. That's long
0: for a single cell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, for us that would be like half a football field. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I can't touch halfway across a football field.
0: Real long range. Yeah. If there's a burger over there, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> yeah. analogy. Why would you care about a burger? Oh, I guess a vegan burger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the problem with the burger. <laughs> Let's just keep going. (laughs) If there was a burger halfway through a football field, would Madison care about it? No, it would not be near the football field to begin with.
1: I mean, it is a very common saying.
0: Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) um, this research comes to us. Um, It was supported by the Weiss Institute at Harvard University. Our authors are Daniel Kaltman, Paul Jin, Melanie Chien, and Kuang Nuyen from the Allen Center for Discovery at Tufts University. Oh, that's right near us. Yes, it is. Right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We also have Ramses Martinez and Richard Novak from the Weiss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering at Harvard University, Wow, which is where this study took place. And we also have Dr. Narosha J. Marugan of the Department of Biology at Algoma University. She's on uh, Twitter, by the way, and really cool presence. Like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, She's the only one I stalked. Sorry, everyone else. (laughs) And then we also have Anna Kane, who works at both the Allen Center and the Weiss Institute.
1: I feel like I've read a paper that she was an author on.
0: Maybe. Yeah, we have a lot of researchers on this, so I don't, um, I didn't look into all of them, any of them deeply. I'm sure they're all very cool people. That's fair enough. Yeah. They study slime mold. I mean...
1: Yeah, you guys are all lovely.
0: If any of you are listening, can you please write in and tell me what a slime mold is? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. All right, um... So I found this article on Eureka Alert. Mm-hmm. The title of the article about the article is Thinking Without a Brain. Love it. Which was intriguing to me because I was like, I think I do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's crack into it, shall we?
1: Let's crack into it. Let's Wait, I think that one's taken.
0: What? I you think... can't say crack into it? Is that not taken? Let's crack this egg. I
1: guess this is a different genre of podcast. Yeah, let's deal it. Crack into it.
0: When, where do they say that? That's why we drink. Is that where I got my one? Yeah. <gasps> oh, no. I'm sorry, Em. Um, I'm sorry, Christine. <laughs> oh
1: You know what? Different genre. We can be the them of this one.
0: We are let's let's s- sweep into it. I don't know, a swoop? No, just crack. Let's, just go with crack. Just say crack again.
1: Let's crack into it.
0: I was quoting mean girls that time.
1: <laughs> huh?
0: Say crack again. It's, a quote oh my God, God. it's been
1: it's it's been too long. <sighs> <sighs> I need to anyway. delete the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Let's get into it. It
1: is so hot in this room.
0: It is pretty... Do you want to take a real quick water break?
1: No, fuck it. Let's power through. Let's power through.
0: All right. So, Fiserum, although we still have not (laughs) figured out what exactly it is, it is absolutely an important model for understanding how organisms without brains or any nervous systems process information towards adaptive behavior. In other words, they make decisions in response to situations in their environment even though they don't have a brain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. This reminds me of... Uh, this was something that was not actually on Science and Podcast, but Science and Pictures that Becca and I worked on, but mm-hmm. uh, there were these group of scientists that was able to rec- recreate the neural network of a snail, Uh-hoo! and then they actually got it addicted to virtual drugs. Oh, um, wow. This is slowly becoming less and less what we're actually talking about, so I'll leave it there.
0: Wow. i will have to get into that later. Yeah. Ooh. So anyway... Um, yeah, so this one, they found chooses to grow towards distant faraway masses and somehow does that without any sort of sensory system as we understand it. Interesting. So the answer is uh how? Well,
1: that's the question, not the answer.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <That's> the question. <laughs> um so it is a type of mechanosensation. How it does it? Um but uh it the answer might surprise you. <laughs> Clickbait. Um, so, in order to test this, to figure out, like, you know, how, um, they had a lot of facerum, and they placed them in the center of a 10 centimeter dish.
1: So, basically, you got a little bit of slime mold. Yep. You got put it in a dish, and then you put different stuff on the sides and see which one it chooses to move towards?
0: Yep. And, in this case, the stuff on the sides of the disc, um, were glass fiber discs. Oh. And they specifically made sure that... The dish that they were in and the discs that were placed there were all chemically inert. Um, so no,
1: like, smells coming off or anything? Colourless,
0: odorless, tasteless, just just the most boring glass discs.
1: Vanilla, if that was an object.
0: <laughs> yes, and they also did it in complete darkness.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, like, controls on controls on controls. Absolutely. Yeah, they were like, let's, fu- let's figure it out. Um, so, the situation that um, showed that the slime mold has the ability to somehow sense mass is that they put one disc on one side and three discs on the other. And 70% of the time, the slime mold grew towards the three disc side.
1: So they grow towards something with more volume. Yes. Interesting.
0: They they, they wanna go to the big thing.
1: Because um, big thing might imply food?
0: So the why is not assessed here. We okay. don't know the motivations of the slime mold, but which of course I wanna
1: know. We don't know the motivations of a slime mold. We don't.
0: We don't know. Um, I wish we did. <laughs> yeah. So they let it grow in t- for 24 hours for each of these experiments, and they did a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. But for each one, they let it grow for 24 hours and then assess the direction of growth. And it was only considered, like, significant if it grew more than three quarters of the way to the edge in any one direction. Um
1: that. Ooh, uh that's actually a good jargon to distangle, which is significant, which has a oh, completely yeah. different definition in science than it does in uh, the general public. Yeah. Um, so significant in science means that the results are actually relevant. Um, yes. If it's not significant, then it, it doesn't tell you anything, or it tells you... Actually, no, if it tells you the opposite, that's also sig- significant. Yeah. Basically, your results don't matter enough to matter.
0: Yeah. If it's not significant, then it's, it's not our problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And we won't get into, like, p-values or all that bullshit. None of but... that,
0: no. Um, that will not be here. No. Mm-mm. Uh, but yes, so directed growth or significant growth is if it grew three quarters of the way to the edge in one direction. And it was not considered significant directed growth if it grew in more than one direction or if it did not grow far enough. Okay, cool. Yeah, so pretty specific parameters we got here. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did control experiments with no glass discs. Um, those are the, you know, that's the first thing they did. And in those situations, the slime mold did not choose a direction. It just sat there? <laughs> well no, it grew really quickly actually, oh. but in every direction.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Like, it it's like, might as well explore.
1: It would be funnier if it just sat there.
0: Yeah, um, but no, no, it, it really went after it. Love that. Um, but, next, when they put one disc on one side and three on the other, the slide mold was all about reaching the side with three discs, but it actually did it a lot slower. Hmm. So 75% of the time it would choose the three disc side. However, first it grew really slowly in multiple directions for 12 hours much slower much less far than it did when there were no discs at all Mm. interesting right
1: yeah that's confusing
0: yeah um so according to the researchers that equal distribution of the plasmodial front or what it would be the cell wall of Okay, that that's where I
1: Plasmodial front.
0: Right? Um, so anyway, the equal distribution of the promodial front in all directions and the slow growth pattern are indicative of the slime mold processing its environment.
1: Oh. Moving yeah. in a circle just to get their bearings.
0: Yeah. So when there was nothing there, it was like, whatever, let's find something. Um, but when there was things there, it was like, huh, something is here.
1: Let's figure out if it's safe before we move.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or Again, we like don't that. know the motivations of the slime mold. It's so hard not to anthropomorphize it. Yeah. But I'm gonna. <laughs> so, um, We're not the scientists. Nope. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, yeah. And then, so for 12 hours, it grew all directions, not very far. And then, <laughs> between 12 and 14 hours, um, it started to grow towards the three disc region. And once it started to grow th- towards the three disc region in earnest, it only took one hour to reach and start interacting with oh, those yeah. three discs.
1: So So all that time was just spent dictating and deciding and just mucking it over before they move.
0: Yeah, 12 to 14 hours of, like, not making a decision and then an instant and very effective decision.
1: That's a lot like how I operate a a lot of times. Me
0: too. (laughs) Measure twice, cut once. Uh That's how the slime mold do.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Zafric. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, Yes,
0: my references, they're clear. (laughs) Um, Wait, what are they called? Not references. What? Inspirations? What are they called?
1: Quotes? When musicians
0: have influences. influences. Sh- sure. Sure. <laughs> Listen, I... Okay, back to slime mold.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you were trying um, to say
0: <laughs> Yeah, so once it made a decision, it doubled down. Okay, good. It was like, three discs, that's what I'm about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um So, according to the researchers, again, that type of growth pattern is consistent with sensory behavior. That makes sense. So, checking it out. Yeah, checking it out. Um, so, once again... These discs were super boring, just glass discs, and because they controlled for everything else, the researchers then hypothesized that the slime friend, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> what I'm calling him now, um, must have just sensed the presence of their mass. Oh. Um, but then we get into mass, surface area, volume, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they had to change things.
1: Right. I... So they fucked with it a bit. I wouldn't even know what to change in that.
0: They did a bunch of things.
1: Oh, I guess you changed... Oh, just you, way. you changed the volume, obviously. Yeah. Do it.
0: So the next thing they did was they put two discs on one side and three on the other side. Okay. So they wanted to see if it was basically just sensing, you know, the difference, basically, between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that situation, it did confuse the slime mold a bit. So it grew in that same pattern where it was waiting for 12 hours and then making a decision. Um, But the rate at which it grew exclusively to the three disc region dropped about 20%. So it dropped from 70% of the time to 50% of the time.
1: So that would suggest, at least to me, that it does have something to do with either volume or size.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, when the when the two regions on either side were more similar, um, basically it was less likely to choose the larger size. It cho- chose both more of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, again, it has something to do with size or mass. Okay, so they changed <laughs> it again. Um, so they decided to stack three on one side and still have one on the other side mm-hmm. to see if that changed it. Um, that really fucked with it, um, it was completely unable to make a decision
1: in that situation. It <laughs> just, just shut down.
0: <laughs> yeah. It had a 40% harder time. <laughs> oh, no. Um, finding the area with larger mass. Oh, yeah. um, so it definitely is not just mass. Um, it's surface area.
1: That's so curious. When they stacked them on top of each other, it couldn't see them. or yeah, seeing, or sense s- them. Right. See in quotations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Okay, cool. Weird, huh?
1: Weird, but cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not about weight. No, yeah. it's not. Um, so that was interesting, and then they also tried putting it in a larger and larger dish, and so putting the all of the the de- glass discs farther away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found out that so the farthest away that it was still able to reliably choose the three disc side was twenty five centimeters.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's a very clean number. That's odd.
0: And also, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty pretty far. Oh yeah,
1: that's like ten or so inches. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Which,
0: when you're, like, microscopic, like, that's... That's
1: like a mile. It's
0: a lituation.
1: It's a lit... What? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Okay. Um, it's, you... it's impressive. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's a um, lituation.
0: It is a lituation.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just got that. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's not mine.
1: It's it's still fun.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um, So, then, once they figured... Once they did the stacking and everything, then they tried to figure out... Um, okay, so if it's sensing, like, surface area, what happens if we spread all the disks out? So they tried a bunch of different arrangements of the disks. Um, so, like, one of them, they put, you know, three disks on one side that were all spaced out, and then two disks on the other side that were spaced out, so that, um, the, the diameter of both sides where disks were was the same. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, like, the distance from the slime mold to the thing.
0: Yeah, so the area that was occupied by disks was the same. Gotcha. Even though there were more disks on one side. I understand. Yeah. Um, So that fucked with it. Um, It didn't care in those situations. It chose both sides an equal amount of the time. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I don't know what that means, so keep going.
0: Yeah, so it sort of breaks our barriers of mass, volume, surface area. Um, Yeah,
1: that's what I was trying to articulate. They don't... Yeah. Like, by our rules. No, like, they don't. <laughs> that's so interesting.
0: And in the same way they kind of do, which, again, we're back to that theme. Right. But so it's sort of like how a human, if you walk into a space and there's just, like, more shit on one side, you're not individually assessing the surface area, the mass, et cetera. You're just like, oh, there's more shit over there.
1: Yeah. Like, it's it's, it's it's a snap decision.
0: Yeah. So that kind of reminds me of our visual sense, where it's like, oh, I can't get the specifics, but I know there's more over there.
1: Or is it intertwined in a Matt Murdock type way? I don't know. Daredevil.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Rupert Murdoch, and I was like, ew. Who's that? He's the worst. Oh.
1: Old yeah. black guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, anyway, they're just like a shitty family who owns like Fox News and stuff. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't add us. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So what was interesting about that situation is instead of making the slime have a hard time choosing between sides... When they were spaced out evenly on both sides, it chose both sides. It grew in both directions, very targetedly, 88% of the time.
1: It almost seems like they're looking for a certain shape. Maybe.
0: But I think they're just looking for more. Yeah. And aren't we all?
1: I suppose so. Yeah. They're, they're looking for multitudes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Or something. Or something. I'm no scientist. I don't know that. About... Yeah. So anyway, they were interested. So to sum all of that up, they their growth preference for distant objects are a function of mass differentials there's more they want to go towards the more and the spatial arrangement i just i have more and bigger is what they want okay more and bigger
1: more that's just such a broad Uh uh-huh i guess it works for them i know because
0: they're all what they are yeah (laughs)
1: they're probably more successful than us but
0: which is kind of brings me back to the japanese subway map thing oh true they it took humans you know so many engineers so many years to like design that subway system to work and the slime mold was like oh yeah probably like this
1: (laughs) you know like first try they got it
0: it's almost like they're intuitive
1: that's a good word for it yeah Yeah. they just they understand yeah again in quotes but are
0: they god maybe (laughs) i hope so um
1: (laughs) up on the pearly gates there's a slime mold quote-unquote staring at you
0: yes i would much i would like that yeah That, it would be comforting.
1: It would be more biblically accurate of an angel than an angel. So,
0: we know that they want big and more. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, Bigger and more. Um, They want to explore the big thing. We have no idea why they want to explore the big big thing. Um, But we do know they want it. Um, The next question is how? How did they know that those masses were there?
1: I'm going to pretend I don't remember from the title.
0: Well, I mean, we know it's Mechanic Sensation, but what kind?
1: Oh, that's true. They weren't touching them. Oh, yeah. It's at a distance. Uh Right. Yeah. okay, I retract my snotty comment. Exactly,
0: exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we know it's not any sort of chemical sense because again, these discs are super boring. They're just glass with nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the experiment, complete darkness, so no sight, no photo reception. Nope. Um, so, in doing these experie- experiments, they also found and knew from previous experience that Fiserum, it grows in a pulsatile manner.
1: So kind of like the waves, right?
0: Yeah, like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. It grows out and then a little in, and then out and then a little in. So it has a forward growth phase and then a reverse streaming phase. Um, And during that reverse streaming phase, the cytoplasm is retracted away from the growth regions. So knowing that, the researchers thought maybe the slime was using those contractions as mechanosense.
1: To, whoa, hold on.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, they put it through more tests. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, so, the, like, there's so many more tests, and I know we're, like, getting short on time, so I'm going to, like, really abbreviate all of these other tests. Um, like, like. so they, like, shaked it up, they stretched it, they tilted it, mm-hmm. they changed the texture of the substrate, the stiffness, they added gel, just a whole bunch of stuff. And what they found, ultimately, was that gentle rhythmic mechanical disruption, or changing the substrate stiffness, or... The addition of an inhibitor of that macro-sensitive transient receptor um, abolished the slime mold's ability to sense mass at long. No
1: fucking way! They're using vibr. They're, they're what? They long did. They are daredevil.
0: Right? Yeah. They literally are. They are daredevil. They touch and they know what's around them. They just. But, uh, yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, they literally are Daredevil. Okay. Um, So yeah, so that's like sort of process of elimination. They figured out what messed with this sense, whatever it was, and by process of elimination, came up with a pretty good theory of what they're using to cause this sense. The slime mold is sampling the environment as it grows. It contracts every two minutes, and when it contracts and pulls back, it's able to sense the difference in strain um, caused by more things being in one area—that's
1: goddamn bonkers.
0: Yeah. So to explain that, real simple. By the way, this is the first time this has ever been observed. This is a fundamental, fundamentally novel method of mechanosensation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: this has been imagined by what is it, Marvel or DC? That Daredevil is. Marvel. Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's been imagined by Marvel, but we've never actually seen it. But now we are. Um, so as it's pulsing, you can kind of imagine like. So you're the slime mold in this situation, but instead of on a disc, imagine you're on a round table, or you're in front of a round table, and the round table has a tablecloth on it. You're blindfolded, you can't see, but you get to put your hand in the middle of the table, and then, you don't know this, but there's a bunch of stuff on one side of the table, and like, maybe one glass on the other side of the table. So with your hand in the middle, if you scrunch the tablecloth...
1: You'll feel the weight. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah! Right? I, have nothing, I have nothing more to say, because this is blowing my fucking mind. I know. Wow.
0: So they're, like, kind of like Thing from the Addams Family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the world is their tablecloth.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah.
0: Um, when was this published? This was published... Oh, let me look. Let me look at the for the exact date. It's very recent. Yeah, July 15th, 2021. God damn. Yeah. I... Uh, what, uh, yeah. So freaking cool. Yup. <laughs> Yeah I'm a um, loss. So the research team is continuing this work. This is not over. Um, they're investigating now what point in time it makes the decision to switch that growth pattern from the general sampling to the targeted growth. Um, and they're also exploring how other physical factors like acceleration and nutrient transport could affect these decisions and the growth and the behavior. Oh so next basically is answering the why question.
1: Cool, which is the hardest question to answer.
0: Yeah. We know it wants more and bigger, but why?
1: more and bigger but why Mm -hmm. okay that's the
0: title yes Uh, I mean there's so many options for titles at this point (laughs) it's slime mold man Mm -hmm. Um, that's another one yeah I don't know Um, so that is the conclusion of our article but I want to leave you with a couple quotes from our authors because the way they speak about this experiment is really cool they have lots of ideas so this first quote comes from Mike Levin PhD who again is at the Weiss Associate um, he's also the Vannevar Bush chair and serves as the director of the Allen Discovery Center at Tufts University. Big wig. Like it. Yeah. Anyway, he said, our discovery of the slime mold's use of biomechanics to probe and react to its surrounding environment underscores how early this ability evolved in living organisms.
1: And oh, how- mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: what? So we did the tablecloth thing before we did a looking. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And... How closely related intelligence, behavior, and morphogenesis, which is the creation of your own form,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. are. So in this organism, which grows out to interact with the world, its shape change is its behavior. (laughs) That's wild. I know. It's just breaking all the rules. I I love it. Other research has shown that similar strategies are used by cells in more complex animals, including neurons, stem cells, Oh. And cancer cells. Ah. The big three. You <laughs> um, didn't say the big three. That was me. Mm-hmm. This work in Ficerum offers a new model in which to explore the ways in which evolution uses physics to implement primitive cognition that drives form and function.
1: Oh, that is so wild.
0: I know. Speaking of wild, Donald Ingber, Judah Folkman Professor of Vascular Biology at Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's Pro- Hospital and professor of bioengineering at Harvard, John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. This is his two cents on the experiment. Mm -hmm. This study confirms, once again, that mechanical forces play an important role in the control of cell behavior and the development as chemicals and genes. And the process of mechanosensation uncovered in this simple brainless organism is amazingly similar to what is seen in all species, including humans. Thus, a deeper understanding of how organisms use biomechanical information to make decisions will help us to better understand our own bodies and brains, and perhaps even provide insight into new bio-inspired forms of computation. Yeah,
1: this could easily have been the precursor to, like, hearing, touch, all of the mechanosensations sensations that we have. Right? Yeah.
0: It's, like, literally a missing link. Uh-huh.
1: So freaking cool. Oh, I love that. So
0: thank you for coming on this journey with me, Jared, and everyone.
1: You're very welcome. Um,
0: In which we discuss slime mold and all of the things it isn't and all of the questions we have about it. Still a lot. And received some, some small answers that are very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So if you want to read the full article, um, it was published in Advanced Materials. You can find it on the Wiley Online Library. Mm-hmm. Online, not online. The Wiley Online Library. <laughs>
1: not online, but online.
0: <laughs> um, and we'll also post a link to it in our show notes and on our Instagram. And um, yeah, slime mold. I yeah. want to be one. I want to be one. Mm-hmm. I want to be.
1: Wait, I was thinking I of be three songs. Slimey mold. No one ever,
0: ever ever knew. (laughs)
1: I'm not showing the. So anyway, it's hot in this room.
0: Um, thank you for coming with us on this journey. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on the Instagram and check out scienceandpictures.com for pictures instead of talking. (laughs) And um, yeah, there. Bye.
1: Goodbye. Thank
0: you for shit. Where's my mouse? Oh no.